Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm your host, Sherry McMillan. Recently, I was reading an article that shared that many retirees are choosing to stay in the workforce longer based on the current economic conditions. Very, very sadly, of course, many of us are planning to retire at this time, but we're uncertain whether or not it's the right timing. For those of us who have retired, of course, we have the question of have we saved enough based on what has happened in the world economics? This is a question we don't want to be afraid of when we make that shift. So we have to give a lot of contemplation to how we design our retirement and our estate plans. Many of us are going to live until we're 100 years old in retirement. And if that is the case, we have to have things in good order. So today we're going to discuss this topic, how you can know you've protected your retirement. And we've brought on a guest, Chris Koshman from Macmillan Estate Planning. She has been with their firm for over 15 years, and she's one of their senior planners. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Sherry. We're delighted to have you today. I know you have a lot of wisdom in the last decade and a half of how you've assisted families to be sure that they are protecting their wealth. What are some of the primary concerns, Chris, that families share with you to give them that assurance? Well, I think one of the the main primary concerns is that their nest egg is going to last them throughout the retirement and that they have some sort of planning to pass on to the next generation after they're gone. Also, obviously, market risk and volatility is also always a major concern. I think it's a normal concern for most of us based on what has happened, economically speaking. I thought it would be good to explore a little bit about what the stock market is and how it has been you know, really a cornerstone of creating wealth and preserving wealth for generations. It's not new, but we don't really have a lot of understanding of it often. So I thought we'd start, of course, we're in Canada, so we'd start with a little bit of history on the Toronto Stock Exchange, if you don't mind. Well, actually, the TSX actually traces its roots back to July 26, 1852, when an association of brokers was formed in Toronto. The exchange was officially created on October 25, 1861. The exchange closed for three months in 1914 due to the war in Europe. In the 30s, the TSX merged with one of its top competitors, the Toronto Stock and Mining Exchange, in order to cope with the financial crisis of the Great Depression. And obviously, this has been the fear that we've all been facing in the last five-year cycle is, is this the next depression or is this a double dip? And there's a lot of talk in economics on CNN, in the media, and a lot of fear base on how to plan around retirement. And I know in your years of experience, you often see people panic in this area. And so we want to explore how you can build preservation of your estate so that you know your retirement is protected. And ultimately, that would mean that you are preserving that nest egg for the next generation at the same time. So in modern times, obviously, we've seen a great fluctuation in the markets. Definitely, Sherry. And preserving your capital or your nest egg always starts with a comprehensive estate plan, ensuring your goals are in line with your investments. Too many times we have clients that come to see us that their retirement income was not protected. Understanding your objectives and your and your goals for your estate is key to a successful investment and estate plan. There's lots of things that you can do to protect your nest egg. There's products out there that offer principal guarantees upon maturity and death. They bypass probate. You can have a named beneficiary on an investment, not just your RSPs, but on non-registered investments as well. They offer privacy, credit protections, additional tax benefits, and so on and so forth. There's there's numerous things that are out there that I don't believe a lot of the retirees are aware of. So Chris, what are some of the things that should be considered when we are investing for our retirement? Well, first and foremost, I think market risk and volatility are very important. Also, the risk of declining interest rates 
one of the main things that people don't understand is when you have a loss in your RRSP or RIF, you can't write them off. So you have to have very prudent investing inside of those programs so that you're never selling at a negative as well. The potential for erosion of purchasing power due to inflation is a huge one. Tax consequences both throughout your retirement and upon your passing because there could be huge capital gains on investments such as non-registered investments, so on and so forth, that could severely affect your estate. And lastly, cash within your business that's used for business operations sometimes is not easily unwound out of the corporation once you pass away, and there's different techniques to do so. So we'll begin with those techniques, of course. And we have the benefit in Canada of having two acts and two legislations when we are an investor, and I think we should explore that for the listeners today. The first area that we would usually give contemplation to an investment design in is usually in what we would call the Bank Act of Canada. And normally in the Bank Act of Canada, we would hold all of the responsibility of the investment on our shoulders as the consumer. So in the event we bought a stock portfolio, as an example, and the stock portfolio lost value, rather than the institution being accountable for that, we as the consumer, as the person who purchased those values, would weather that storm really. And so I thought today we'd explore a whole area that's fairly new to the community, and that is the area of trust and insurance laws, because there are some safeguards that we would not want to bypass or overlook when we're planning our retirement or trying to preserve our wealth for our families. And I know you're an expert in this area, Chris. So at first glance, maybe we could highlight a comparison scenario. So let's assume I have a stock portfolio in the bank laws of Canada versus the trust or insurance laws of Canada, how they may compare. Under the Bank Act of Canada, as you mentioned, you as the consumer hold all the market risk, meaning if the stock portfolio goes down 30-40%, that's on your shoulders, not on the institutions. Whereas trust law, they offer uh, principal guarantees on your investments. So if you were to purchase those same stocks under the trust law of Canada, they would automatically give you that floor principal guarantee and you would be able to bump that guarantee up every time you have profit inside the portfolio. So that's one key comparison that I don't believe a lot of consumers are, are aware of. Of course, all of us would be interested in guaranteeing our principles. So how would that actually operate in a real life situation, Chris? Well, it actually reminds me of a client of ours that we had that was a young couple who, husband and wife, they, they had this type of product and they were con- continuously resetting their guarantee or bumping up that that guarantee based on market value. Sadly, she passed away in early 2009, and the differential between the market, the actual market value of the investment and the guaranteed portfolio when she passed away was a difference of a million dollars. The family actually received $4 million compared to $3 million what the uh, market value of the account was. So the buying potential there and the buying power for that amount of money that the family received in one of the lowest times in the markets we've seen was amazingly huge benefit. Now, there are obviously other benefits that would come along with giving contemplation to trust laws when you design your estate. Would you mind sharing some of those as well? Definitely. I think I've already mentioned a few of these in the program already, but uh, one of the main ones would be creditor protection. Um, a lot of our retirees choose to continue to work in their particular field in retirement, such as engineers, doctors, so on and so forth, that they do have uh, lawsuit risk. If you're assets are invested under the trust law of Canada, those assets are actually creditor protected. So they, those creditors actually cannot access that wealth that they've created for the retirement. One of the other uh, benefits, which I, I believe is a huge one, is it does bypass probate if you attach a 
preferred beneficiary to the contract, meaning a spouse or a child, it would flows to the estate or to that beneficiary within 30 to 60 days. Whereas if you're in the Bank Act of Canada, those assets are frozen in probate. And probate right now in Alberta is currently three, six months, sometime even a year, Sherry. So obviously there are a great deal of benefits that are subsidiary to considering trust law. I want to go back, of course, Chris, to the area of guaranteeing my capital because this is a real forefront, I think, in the minds of many of us right now with all the market risks we've faced in the last decade. That being said, how can we be certain in Canada that when we utilize a trust or insurance firm to buy our investments, that it is actually guaranteed? As most consumers know, under the Bank Act of Canada, you have something called CDIC insurance, which covers um, each consumer up to $100,000 per institution. That's their guaranteed level that they'll get back if the bank goes insolvent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Under the Trust Act of Canada, it's actually considered an informal trust. So when you purchase these investments through the Trust Act of Canada... They go into a separate trust bubble at the insurance or trust company, meaning that there's no credit or risk at the insurance level as well. It's highly regulated by the Office of the Financial Superintendent of Canada, and they audit these trust accounts on a regular basis, very randomly, but it's on a very regular basis. And the the insurance companies and the trust companies have to actually keep their reserve funds or these trust accounts at a minimum level. And if they don't, they actually get shut down. One of the insurers in Canada was called to task in 2009 that their reserve levels were, were right on the line. And the Office of the Financial Superintendent actually raised the limits of the amount that had to be kept in the reserve. And this particular insurance company actually got basically shut down for selling new investments to the consumers until they had their reserve up to par. Now, there's a lot more to know, obviously, around this area. So as we come back from the break, we're going to share how to structure your estate for retirement under both bank laws and trust laws and insurance laws in Canada. We welcome you to join us, of course, on our website. If you have any further questions, it's strongroom.ca. I'm Sherry McMillan. This is The Strong Room.